What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants. Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This time we're 67% British, 33% Irish, but absolutely still 100% Giants. Shane's still on jury duty, so it's Dan, Kev and producer Craig back with you to look ahead to Sunday's Week 11 matchup against the 3-6 and six Detroit Lions. Uh, plus, we'll also round out the week by opening up the mailbag, so thanks to those for sending in some questions. Uh, we've also got a special guest joining us shortly to tell us what we can expect from Jared Goff and co. this weekend as the, the Detroit Lions come to town. So we've got a member of the uh, Raw of the Lions UK podcast coming on the show. Uh, guys, how are we doing? Yeah, good. Um, you know, seven and two, you know, absolutely buzzing with the res- uh, results so far. Uh, but this is the business end now. This is where we'll start to see who we are, um, if we can start to make a playoffs, because we are in playoff contention and we're starting to talk playoffs now. We need to keep the results coming. Um, and it's actually a big one this week. I think the Lions will be a sneakier team, a harder team to beat than, than they were at the beginning of the year. So, uh, so game on. Yeah, this could be the first time that we end up really needing to put up more than 30 points to win a game. You know, we've we've steadily been able to win games under that, that number. And, and I think the closest we got to breaking it was probably against the Ravens, where we ended up actually taking knees and not not sort of punching it in. So this, this would be a big test. But um, I'm also going to, you know, while Shane's doing his jury duty, I'm going to wait and see how long it is and what week it is that Dan says Jerry Judy instead of jury duty at the, <laughs> at the beginning of a podcast. Jerry Judy. I mean, he's done for the year now, isn't he? Yeah, no, um, looking forward to this weekend. I think it'll be a good game against the Lions. Um, they've got a lot, lot to offer on on offense, but their defense is very, very shaky. So I think we can uh, we can exploit that. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, so it, 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 we're looking towards um, you know the last sort of seven weeks of the season. Got some big games coming up. This one's another one. Could be a trap game. You know the 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 consensus is you know Giants might be too strong for the Lions, but. You know, they're on a two-game win streak. They beat Green Bay and, and they beat Chicago last week, albeit a missed PAT. But they put up some num- They put up some good numbers against uh, against Chicago. Uh, and considering Justin Fields had a four-touchdown game, uh, to come out with a win against them was uh, was pretty good. And obviously, starting off the season one and six, I think they had a five-game losing streak. Now to be on a two-game win streak, they got a bit of momentum. So it's, it's definitely something. Uh, you know, there's a bit of concern there. Um, so we've got to keep, we've got to play hard, um, got to play smart. Uh, defense has got to turn up yet again, and the offense has got to play well. And and Dan Jones and Saquon Barkley have got to produce. So yeah, looking forward to this weekend. And we're home again. Exactly, home Let's again. Get that crowd behind us. Yeah, exactly. Get the get the MetLife Stadium rocking and uh, get the crowd behind us. Uh, the the noise that's being made on third down as well has been really really good, hasn't he? So. You know, we've we've like Craig said last time, we sort of made MetLife into a bit of a fortress now, which is quite nice. So, you know, can we go five and one at home? Let's hope so. Uh, and we thought, who better to help us preview the game than a diehard Lions fan and from the Roar of the Lions UK podcast? Uh, so, welcome aboard to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast, Matt. How are you doing, buddy? Not too bad, Dan. 
thanks for having me on. Oh, you're more than welcome, and thanks for covering on. Um, it's great to have you on to talk about your lines. Um, I do want to start off by uh, asking where those wins against the Packers and uh, and last weekend against the Bears came from after losing five in a row. Where do they come from? It's come out of nowhere, hasn't it? It's um, it's a good time to be a Lions fan for the first time in a while. I, I'm not going to lie, the winning feeling is strange. It, it feels a bit alien. Um, where has it come from? Well, the Packers are awful. And I, I cannot get my head around the fact that they actually won on Sunday. That that blows my mind. But that's a team that Rodgers doesn't care anymore. Uh, the running backs aren't getting any joy because the O-line is beaten up to hell. They've got no wide receivers of any kind. And their defense is slightly worse than expected. And all of that adds up to a really bad football team. Before that game, the Detroit Lions were on pace to be the worst post-merger defense in history. And they scored nine points against us. So that tells you a lot about how much our defense rebounded and we actually schemed better for the first time this season. We actually did something right on defense and how bad they are. And then against the Bears, Fields was an absolute superman. Everyone saw it, you know, throughout the last three or four weeks how great he's been. But he is the team. And we just made a few key stops against him. Like he got 147 yards on the ground. And all the commentary is that the Lions did well to contain him. And it's like, hang on a minute, he got the <laughs> he got the sixth highest yards by a quarterback rushing in a game in history. And we did really well on defense against him. And that sounds insane, but it's really true. And it, it's exemplified by some of the last plays of the game where Hutchinson is defending him vertically, not oh, sorry, horizontally, not vertically. So you've got a linebacker in his face, an edge player to his side, and then another player, a safety, trying to get him from the other side and literally just boxing him in. That's what you have to do against that person. And we did just about enough on offense to win. Alan Rasant Brown is a legit wide receiver and he was enough to do it for us. So that's that's a little bit of why. Yeah, I I, I agree I agree with you on uh, Alan Rasant Brown. I think he's a, a great receiver and I think he's uh he's got a bright future in the league. But yeah, the for the, the fact that you did well against Justin Fields and you ran for almost a buck fifty against you is <laughs> it's kind of a weird stat, but I mean, have a day, Justin Fields, unbelievable. But it, it come that it came down to the PAT miss, and I mean, that's when when luck is going against you, that's going through, and that's and that's a tie game and going to overtime, and probably Chicago coming away with the win. But luck won't luck went your way for once, and I think the fact that you come off the win against the Green Bay Packers, it gave a little bit of a impetus to say, actually, you know what, we have still got. We still got a chance. We can still do this. We can still come away from this season with our heads held high, um, holding them to nine points. When, like you said, you had, well, I mean, statistically, you are still the worst defense in the league. But holding holding them to nine points, that's that's a great showing. And yeah, fair play. I mean, we can we can hold them to nine points in London. So you've done <laughs> bloody well to hold them to nine points. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like statistically, in terms of yards given up, we have apps been absolutely terrible. But DVOA metrics have us a bit higher now. I think we're we're mid twenties. So I guess it depends whether it's the kind of pure stat measures or, or what have you. I don't think we're an absolutely terrible defense. I do think we're bad, but. It's one of those things. Our young guys have come to play. Hutch is a legit player. And to 
he's asked to do a lot on our scheme, which doesn't hit the box score, which is going to hurt him nationally. But five and a half sacks this year, 26 pressures, which puts him in the top 20 in the league. I mean, maybe you'd hope for more, but you'd be aiming really high if that was the case. He's top 10 sacks all time by a rookie or something so already. So like That's the thing, you've got to remember, he's a rookie. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know his, his, obviously his draft stock was massive, um, but he is a rookie. He's mm. brand new to this league. So the I think the expectation on him is unfairly high. And he's But he's produced. He has. He has. And I mean, if you just look all the way down our team, it's all pretty much young guys as starters. Pascal, second round rookie. Hutch, first round rookie. Aline McNeil, second year starter. Malcolm Rodriguez, sixth round rookie. Um what else have we got? We've got Will Harris, which is just about on his rookie contract still, but he's rubbish. Kirby Joseph has had an amazing time of it recently, especially against Aaron Rodgers. He's a third-round rookie. Akuda, I mean, I know he's in his third year of being the third overall pick, but he's missed a year and a half. He's really still basically, in terms of actually playing time, in his rookie season. We are starting a UDFA from last year on the outside at cornerback in Jerry Jacobs. And he's been terrific since he started for us about halfway through last year. So it's a terrifically young team with a couple of vets sprinkled in. And actually, there are vets behind them, but they've mainly let us down. That's why where we are on defence. Yeah. I think, can Jared Goff be the man for you? But this season or for the next season? <laughs> in, in, in the future, can you see Jared Goff being the man if you can get other things right? No. that's a very very simple answer to a very simple question um the thing is you put everything around him you give him perfect conditions he's a good quarterback like there's no doubt about that you look at the game-winning drive against the the bears we went 91 yards there was a lovely 44 yard pass in there on time in the right place to our you know practice squad um, wide receiver who just is very dependable but is never going to beat you for anything our leading receiver apart from to- that was Tom Kennedy apart from Amaras and Brown has been Khalif Raymond in this game he was someone cut from the Titans last year so between those three Goff made them look good against the Bears and Goff can do that to people especially when he's confident but if you want to go into the future with a quarterback you must have a good offensive line and must have a good running game, and ideally has a really good stable of wide receivers, oh, and a defense that can keep them in the game. That's a very thin road to success. And so you, no matter how well Goff plays, that's going to be tough. And then when Goff plays badly, even when all those things are the case. So when we're healthy, we've got a legit wide receiver core. And when we're healthy, that defense is actually going to be pretty good, I think. And... The O-line is pretty good when it's healthy, and the running game should be really good when it's healthy. Like, all the elements are there. Injury has hit us for the second year in a row really badly. But even accepting that, Goff has the conditions to win, and with three and six, we dropped the game against the Vikings when we should have won that game, much like, much like everyone against the Vikings this year. Um, and other little bits and pieces like that. We should have beaten the Vikings. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind we were double digits up late. And the Vikings are, you know, top of the NFC. And we pushed the Eagles close too. And we pushed the Seahawks close too. Like we've had all these tight games against people at the top of this conference. So it gives me confidence going into every game that we can do this. Yeah. I mean, we're we're so used to we're pushing teams close but coming out on the wrong side of things. Yeah. Um and it's 
it's, it's so nice to be on the other side of things and you, you, like you said you're very close to being on the other side and you've been in you've been in most of the games you've been you've played this season um and so the future is promising if you get the right pieces in place to allow this team to succeed and i think now what we've seen this year is we've got some of those right pieces in place for us to be able to succeed we've got the coaches in place to for us to be able to succeed now and the general manager I mean, we're above and beyond what we expected in year one of this um, Joe Shane era, and I mean that this 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 is almost like setting a blueprint for for teams that want to turn it around in a year. This is what can it can happen, and this is what this is how you can do it. And I think you're you're one of those teams that can look at us and go, actually, you no, know, there is no reason we can't do that. And you've done it off the back of having very little wide receiver production as well, which has been the most impressive thing. I mean, you you took, and, and apologies to Giants fans for this, you took Kenny Golladay off our hands. And I know that that's <laughs> gone really, really well for you. Um, but oh, so you, well. So well, in fact. But if you have a look at the building blocks of this team, they came in, they prioritised offensive tackle. And you know what? Andrew Thomas, rookie season, much maligned, didn't do well at all. And then this season, best left tackle in football. And Evan Neal's going to get there. I have no doubt in my mind that you will have two rookie contract elite offensive tackles for a couple of years before you have to pay Thomas. And that's going to be the bedrock for, if not Daniel Jones, then someone walking into a terrific situation for years to come there. So it's looking bright for the Giants. And then you look at the defense too, and that... That was actually a surprising element last year because the defense came to play for the Giants last year against all odds. And this year they've just carried it on. It's been great. And changing defensive coordinator has been massive for you guys. So, yeah, it's all it's all uptick. Talking about DC, look at Patrick Graham in uh, in Las Vegas, 2-7. and seven. They're pretty much they're, they're having a shocker of a year. And, you know, having, having Wink on board has been a revelation. I think mm. you should... Re- rejuvenated this defense to what it what it could have been all along, even after losing our linchpin in Blake Martinez, and he's now he's now not even in the league. He's retired, so I think we he's the coaches and and the front office have worked absolute wonders this year, and the fact that we had next to no money as well has has just been outstanding. I think you've definitely got the uh, the the, op- the opportunity and the potential to do the same as well. Yeah, I, I think we've got the building blocks that are ready to go. The offensive line is set. Maybe you need one more piece there. Tight end, there's now a hole because of the trade that we've made from Hawkinson to go to, to the Vikings for some picks or trading up our picks, I should say. Um, so maybe we can improve there. Wide receivers set. I still think we should go and get one. But if you have a look at the uh, depth chart at wide receiver for the Lions when it's healthy, it's it's secretly pretty stacked. Um Jameson Williams is going to get there. Josh Reynolds and his chemistry with Goff has been fantastic. He's been really, really good. DJ Chark, if he can get fit, is going to be great. Amon Ra, Khalif Raymond, even Quinta Cephas and Tom Kennedy are all people who have either contributed on this team or they're high-value draft picks. And there's lots of good wide receivers in this upcoming draft. Next year, we should be absolutely sorted. So, Matthew, I just want to, sorry, Matt, I just want to ask, um, getting back to this game this weekend, um, so you've just been fired, right, from the Lions, from Detroit, and now we've brought you in over here in uh, New York, and you're going to bring all the secrets with you. So how do you think the Giants could go about getting a win? Because I've watched um, a few of the Lions games, and you've been, you've been very unlucky. You've been close. You've been in games a lot, and 
you've got potential there to actually swing some of those so some of those games and have been unfortunate. But if you were to come over this side of the this side of the fence, um, how should the Giants uh, play this game this week to come away with a W? It's, it's knowing the strengths of your team and the weaknesses of our team, and it doesn't actually match up that well for you guys in that way because we've actually been okay on run defense, ignoring Justin Fields. Yeah, okay, that happens. But run defense has actually been improved. We were one of the world's uh, league's worst teams ever because our pass defense is well was horrifically bad. We've seen some improvement. I still think that's the weakness on the team. So you really need to threaten us through the air. And so, I mean, if Wondell Robinson goes, I presume that he will. But, I mean, he's a guy that I'd be looking at for you guys to just really try and stress our cornerbacks. I mentioned Jerry Jacobs before. He'll probably start or we'll have, um, we'll have Mike Hughes there. They aren't great. They're fine. They're, they do a job. But a good wide receiver should be able to take advantage of that. Akuda has rebounded, but he hasn't been without his troubles. He got absolutely bullied against the Packers. We only gave up nine points because Rodgers kept throwing picks, but Akuda got bullied a little bit in that game. Um, you know, our, our safety starters, we've had Deshaun Elliott go out injured. We've had a Fatu Malafonwu go out injured. Tracy Walker's on IR, so we're starting our pump protector as our starting safety, CJ Moore. You got to threaten us through the air. If you go for it on the ground and make it a gritty game, which the Giants have been very good at, but you're also doing what the Lions are, are good at in keeping a sort of black and blue game. You know, we're from the black and blue division. This is this is what we do. So, I, I think both teams are going to have success on the ground. Um, it's just what I see from you know Saquon and Jones. That dual threat, that dual-headed monster, is going to be difficult for us to deal with. But Swift will be back, and I think he'll actually get some more reps in this game. Jamal Williams has had a really good year at running back on our O-line. Run blocking has been good. Pass blocking has been the thing that has ruined us. Taylor Decker has had a bad year at left tackle, despite being a better than average left tackle. It's been a down year for him. So if you can rush him on that right-hand side, if you can put um, if you could put Thibodeau there. or I mean, So I'm really looking forward to seeing Dexter Lawrence against... Um, against Frank Ragnow, if Ragnow goes. Now, Ragnow is injured, did not practice today, so we could be starting a backup centre, and that could be a big problem for us. So pressure <laughs> up the middle, maybe. Ooh, baby, sexy Dexy's coming for him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I do think um, we will obviously try and get the wrong game going, but um, I do think, like, last week we ran the ball 47 times and passed at 19. I think there'll be a big shift this week, because I think we'll try and... Not fake the run, but you know, get the run game going. But I think you might see a lot of um, play action passes um, this mm-hmm. week. You know, drag in those linebackers and try and hit those you know intermediate routes just behind them. Yeah, I think that will actually work really well. We've not been great against play action, so I think that's generally a, a good plan. Um, and I think Goff will run that offense too. Is what actually worked against the Bears is he didn't work when he was dropping back conventionally and our run game didn't get going. It was all play action. I really didn't understand why that worked because if our run game was absolutely awful, why is play action good? That shouldn't be the case, but it absolutely works out that way. It makes no sense at all. Um, but Goff doesn't do well with, with, with disguises. He also doesn't do well seeing linebackers sitting in their zone. It's really, really bizarre, but he's thrown several interceptions this year to people standing completely still and, and not moving. So if you can get your guys to do that, that'd be great. How is he a blitz pickup? <sighs> he has managed to maneuver out of sacks at a good rate this year. Um, 
He has an alarming habit, which he carried over from last year, of trying to spin out of pressure, which he's not very good at. But in terms of just that sort of Brady-esque side shuffle out of the way of someone coming straight at him, he missed two sacks against the Bears doing that and actually ended up getting... um, a penalty for for hit out of bounds late against the Bears because of getting away from pressure like that. He's better than you'd expect, given that it's Jared Goff, but you pressure him, he's going to be in trouble. He's not a good quarterback against pressure. Yeah, You say he's better than you expect. I mean, he's my backup QB in fantasy, and he's not done me too bad this year. Um, and I, you, t- you talked about Jamal Williams as well. He's had a good year. He's had a good year for me in fantasy as well, because he's one of my RBs in fantasy. So, Thanks for that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, no, he's they... got nine rushing touchdowns this year, which I think leads the franchise. I'd single season rush, uh, TD record, even though we've had some of the best running backs in NFL history here. But he's he's getting up there. Yeah, but I mean, I, I did notice when I was looking at my fantasy mode, he's questionable for this weekend. Yeah, he got a little banged up in last week's game. Uh, I don't know what the forecast is with him. So he... It says he has an illness. I know he came away with a slight injury, um, but maybe he has shaken that off and he's just a bit sick. So if it is just sickness, hopefully he'll be back. There's a, there's a little while between now and Sunday. So I'm uh, I'm going to I'm gonna mix things up and, and go down a, a more jovial route for you. So um, <laughs> a, t- a two-headed question. One, um, your team was obviously on hard knocks this past off-season. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that? Because we aren't going to get that when we've got Amara in charge. Like he's a bit of a fun sponge, so uh, it's unlikely that we're going to we're going to really see the Giants. I'm, but... go- I'm going to steal that, Craig. He's a fun sponge. <laughs> he's a bit of a fun that. sponge. <laughs> um, but also, do you think that had any detrimental effect on the beginning of the season that maybe took a little while to shake off? It's oh, a good question. In terms of how it was, it was really fun to see it. You, We have been an organization which has been secretive up until the Dan Campbell regime. We haven't had much in the way of access, insider information, anything like that. What journalists get is limited. Um, their access was severely restricted during the, the Patricia era. So we knew that we might see a bit more than than we had seen before. But just to see the coaches in action and the mentality of the players, how together the team was, it actually lit a fire under the fan base. It did over-egg expectations. We came into the season thinking that we could be 500 and maybe we'd be slightly better. You know, and it, I think it's just a natural reaction from seeing what's going on. If you don't see anything which is really like hard knocks can highlight when something's going badly wrong. And if that doesn't happen, I think you can kid yourself into thinking it's going really well. And we're still just a young team and our head coaches and our coordinators have just not done it at this level. Like they're all second year or first year head coaches and coordinators. So when it looks like it's not going badly wrong, yeah, okay, but they're still not that experienced. In terms of whether it impacted us or not, I I just don't think so. I mean, if you look how hot that offense was to start, we knew the defense would be a problem, but we scored 35, 36, 24, and 48 points, uh, 45 points our first four games. I just don't think it was a problem. We didn't execute on both sides of the ball, but that's been a problem for years here. So just one of those things. I mean, we blew away Washington. That was really good fun. And, you know, they've just gone and won a really big game against the Eagles. So it's a funny old league. It it goes round and round and round, doesn't it? You always see these things that this team beat this team, this team beat this team. So therefore, this team is the best. And you're like, 
every team can beat any team on any on any given day. Um, but yeah, that game here against Seattle was was it forty eight forty five ended up at the end, and it, what a game that was! Like yeah. almost a hundred points on the board. You don't you don't see that very often. No, no, and we never led in the game. I don't think. No, we got to within three quite a few times, but they were just always ahead of us and. Gino was fantastic. I started Gino in fantasy that week. I knew exactly what was coming. Uh, I feel quite smug about that. That was um, <laughs> did he get you like sixty points or something? <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Tariq Wool in there, you know, just did some really good stuff. They got a pick six that really killed us. Put a sixteen back, and we just couldn't get it back. You know, so it, it's one of those things. But the offense actually firing was the surprising thing. Like we didn't expect much from our offenses here. We thought it would be. A run the ball first offense. We wouldn't score many points, but maybe we could win time of possession. That'd be our route to winning. And we just passed the ball for loads of touchdowns. So it was fun, at least. Yeah, it's exciting. But now you've got that good, that very good tandem in uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And I think they're, I think they're they're a, they're a dangerous duo. They are, but the the fan base and and most of the guys on our podcast have soured on DeAndre Swift. Um, yeah, he's kind of gone a bit south a bit recently, but. Yeah, he's gone south for his entire career. This is the problem. So the, the guy is just so talented. He's so, so talented. He could be one of the best running backs in the league if he played eight games a year, but he can't manage that. Like, he manages five to six games a year fully fit. And and you see it against the Bears in this... Watch the Bears game and watch when we we scored the touchdown eventually on fourth and two when we uh, threw it to our, our tight end. But in that was second goal from the one, hand it off to Swift. And if he goes power back and just drives it just off tackle, you'll probably drive your man into the end zone. But he tries to beat his guy outside because he's scared of getting hurt. He wants to outrun people around the outside when it's not the right thing to do. And he can't beat them for speed and he gets pushed out of bounds for a loss of one. And it it shows what he's doing wrong. There's another really interesting rep where he was thrown a screen pass. The blocking in front of him is fantastic. He just has one man to beat if he runs straight and it's going for six. And he cuts it back inside because he sees loads of people in front of him and he's like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, and but Lions fan base do not take kindly to that sort of thing. To be honest, it it sounds very much like a Saquon Barkley of twenty twenty one. Exactly right, exactly right. But the problem is, Swift has been that guy for three years. Yeah, he was scared of getting hurt. He was trying to do too much and trying to get to the outside, and it wasn't working. He was getting found out, and he was you know he didn't he didn't have a great year last year. This year, he's pounding the ball. He's Going through the, he's going through, you know, through the center of the line. He's playing north to south, playing north south, and he's 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 the lead, he's leading the league in rushing yards. So I think if if DeAndre Swift could do that, fantastic, because he's got like you said, he's got so much talent. But I just want to pick your brain about t- the TJ Hawkinson trade. Are you, are you is he going to be a huge miss for you guys? Because I, I I rated him, I I still rate him really highly. I think he's could be one of the best tight ends in the league um, and I think he, he, to lose that kind of talent um, it, it can't not hurt your team It's one of those that again the fan base has grappled with and I have a fairly strong view on this so I won't I won't sugarcoat it we're not going to miss him um, but part of that is that we haven't known how to play with the tight end for a long time, our solution is get one that's really good 
from the draft and then just let him go to work and don't bother scheming anything up for him. Don't make him a feature part of your offense. Just assume that he's still going to be a big part of it, even though you're not featuring him. And it's like, that ain't going to work. But we've seen since Hawkinson left, all three of our backup tight ends have scored a receiving touchdown in back-to-back weeks. So he hasn't been that much of a miss. And Hawkinson's another one that the fan base was souring on because of injury concerns. He always seems to knock himself out of games. He struggles to shake off injuries that you would think that other people might be able to get through. For the first three years of his career, he caught the ball and sat down rather than trying to turn up field and get yak, which was a major problem that we have with him. And the, the biggest thing is for two games a year, he'd look like a monster. But for the other 15, he'd be a pedestrian. Now, I agree with you in that he can be one of the best tight ends in this league, but someone's got to prioritize him and someone's actually got to coach him up to be a featured weapon. And then maybe he'll get there. But as it stands, even with the limited value that we got, I think that was equal money for us because no one else came in with a bigger offer for him, despite the fact that he was clearly for sale. And I think we'll do better with the upgraded draft picks than we will do having him in the team. And it's crap. I I really hate the fact that that's true because I really believed in him. But it's just one of those things. We we didn't care enough about him. That's a shame. Are you, are you, I'm guessing you're glad you with the you're happy with the, the value you got for him then. Uh, happy is not the word I'd use. I guess I think it was about par for the course. I mean, it was clearly the market value because that's what the market paid. But coming into it, I was hoping beyond hope I'd get a second round pick. And I was in the the Draft Network Discord saying, I think this guy's being shopped. What would you pay for him? And there's some learned guys and paid employees who follow teams very closely in there. And not one of them came back to me with a second round pick. No one wanted him at a second round pick because they all genuinely believed he wasn't a premium tight end in this league in terms of what he's actually done so far in his career. So... Apparently, the value of the the trade netted out to about a mid-third round pick. And it looks like a third round pick was the best we could get. So it it feels like we got slated in the national media for not getting as much as his value. But I think if you follow his career so far, that is what he's worth. Maybe because he went within the division. Did that hurt a little bit? It will hurt if he scores a touchdown against us, but I mean, otherwise, I don't worry about it too much. We we fleece the Vikings in the draft for for the trade up for Jamison. Um, whether it works out is a different matter, but the trade itself, you think that trading in division, you'd have to pay a lot more to go up twenty spots, but we didn't. And then you might we might be perceived to give back some value in this trade, but I think it's just two guys trading at market value. I'm I'm pretty happy with what's happened, really. Well, week fourteen, you'll uh, you'll find out, won't you? <laughs> Maybe we'll get our our revenge from having yeah. lost in week three. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, um, how do you see the game going on Sunday? What's your prediction for it? I'm doing all my research for this game tomorrow. I've done a lot of preview stuff already today, but I'm grappling with it because I know that our run defense can get it done against Saquon and Daniel. But do we do that? That's a massive question because that's the ball game right there. I have confidence in our run game to get it done. But if yours gets it done, and I think it might, then I would be definitely favouring you guys for the win. And, I mean, obviously the betting odds clearly favour you guys. I I have predicted a loss the last six weeks for the Lions. So I'm no, I'm no stranger to being unbiased here. 
I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Got to go with the, I got to go with the home team when I can't decide really. So sixteen fourteen, Giants. But Close game. Low yeah, scoring. low scoring game. Yeah, I don't see much happening. It's gonna be. It's probably gonna be cold and yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the way I look at it, I I personally think it might be a little bit higher scoring than that, just because you seem to be able to put points on the board, and if you're gonna put points on the board at the weekend, then. We've got to play. We've got you know we we've got to put points on the board as well. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I'll be happy with Giants win absolutely. But <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see what happens come Sunday. Um, I don't know what the weather's looking like on Sunday in the New York, New Jersey area. But it, weather, this time of year, weather could always play havoc in, with games in the Northeast. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, but no, it's been really cool. Reason sunny, so it should be okay. Not too bad. You want sunny. We'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> but um, but no, it's really been really cool having you on, man. Um, and thanks for taking the time to to come on and, and talk all things lines. I mean, I know you you don't mind talking all things lines because it's what you do. Um, but no, it's been really cool having you on and uh, and getting you on to get your thoughts about the game. Um, you know, both we're all looking forward to the game Sunday, so uh, no doubt we'll be firing some shots back and forwards over social media whilst the game's going on. Um, but yeah. no, good luck, <laughs> good, good, good luck, good luck for the game on Sunday. Like I said, let's hope it's a good game. Um, just quickly before we, before we let you go, um, obviously, if our listeners want to uh, find you, if they're interested in looking for you, where can they find you? So we are Rural the Lions UK. We've got uh, YouTube um, and Twitch live streaming accounts. Otherwise, you can find us on podcast apps or we've got social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram that sort of thing we actually have our giants um preview show happening thursday evening uk time half past seven and i think we'll have one of you guys on for that kevin is that just coming on with us or oh is it craig no it'll be me yeah i will join you for that i'll look forward to it so if your listeners want to come and hear that then then we'll be there yeah we'll be we'll listen man we're uh, we're exchanging producers this week uh you you (laughs) coming with us craig coming on with you so yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll definitely give you guys a listen, and uh, we'll plug you guys on our socials this week as well. So yeah, really appreciate you coming on and spending the time with us this evening. Fantastic, cheers, guys. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, man. Thanks, appreciate it. So yeah, that was Matt from uh, Raw of the Lions UK. Um, check them out on all their socials. Um, they've got a great production over there. So yeah, make sure you guys check them out. Um, keys to the game on Sunday, then, guys. So what are your keys to getting the win and getting that sort of W this weekend? Uh, I think we need to get Jared Goff. Um, you know, as Matt was saying, he, he's elusive. Um, we need to get there. I think if their backup centre is playing, Dexter Lawrence could wreck this game again and really put him under pressure. Um, and I know that uh, Goff is, you know, he on a clean pocket, 107.3 passer rating on a on a you know under pressure pocket, drops down to 58. So that's what we need to do. Let's get at him. Yeah, man. Kev? Yeah, I mean, um, we talked about that before. Like, we've got to negate uh, Hutchinson. You know, he's their star defensive end, pass rusher, five and a half sacks uh, as a rookie already. You know, uh, great, great player. Um, hopefully, uh, Andrew Thomas can uh, just boss him, like he's been bossing every other pass rusher this year, and um, take advantage of the uh, of their pass defense. You know, um, me and Matt talked about it there. You know, You'll see a lot of, uh, we're definitely going to have the run game, but um, a lot of play action, bootlegs, out of the pocket, into space. Um, 
and it's a, it'll be a big week for our, our um, wide receiver core. Because uh, I think, um, although Matt thinks it's going to be a low-scoring game, I think uh, both teams could be pushing dirty, to be honest. Yeah, man. Um, I think my key to winning this game is, I mean, Matt talked about their, their run defence. Um, and I absolutely think Saquon Barkley and Dan Jones can really attack them. If if Dan Jones can have half the game that Justin Fields had against him, um, I think we can we can come away with a with a positive result this weekend. I think their their run defence is good, but well, I say good, it's is average, maybe. But I think we if we attack them and, and pound the ball and run the ball, there's no way there's no reason why we can't win the game. I hundred percent think you're right, Dan. I think um we saw very, very little of Daniel Jones's legs this uh, past week. I think you'll see more this week. I think Justin Fields, he put a lot on the ground um, with his legs. I think um, we kind of went a bit vanilla last week. I think we were hiding a lot of stuff, waiting for the, for, for these coming weeks. And I think you might see um, not only Saquon getting some yards, but yeah, Daniel Jones getting some as well. Yeah, we were fresh out of the bye, and I think Barkley was the bell cow last week. So I think Dan, we'll see more out of Dan Jones and his legs this week. Predictions then, lads. Uh, obviously, Shane's not with us, so um, we're going to get Shane's prediction off him and we'll put it out on socials um, so you can see what his prediction for this game is. Uh, but, Kev, your prediction for Sunday? My prediction this week, um, a close game. Uh, I think both teams will score. And I've been saying it for weeks now, but we're going to break 30, lads. We're definitely breaking 30 this week. And I'm going um, 30 to 27 Giants win. Nice. Craig? Yeah, I th- I, I've got a feeling it's going to be a high scorer. Um, I keep saying that as well. I keep saying I think it's going to be a high scorer. <laughs> never will be right one week. <laughs> yeah, one week. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> um, I, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I, I think it even might be tighter than what, what Kev said. I, I was going to go 31-33 for us. Wow, 33-31, nice, like that. Um, yeah, I think, um, we'll, we'll add uh, we'll add Matt's prediction into the into the mix, and uh, we'll see how he gets on. Was it sixteen fourteen? He went Giants with, wasn't it? Um, over under sitting at forty five for this weekend. Giants are three point favourites with a home team. There's been a lot of money being put on Detroit this week. The the week started out we were five and a half point favourites. Is now down to a three point game. I think it is going to be a close game. I I. I think the the Lions could come away with the win more so than I thought Houston could come away with the win but I'm not picking against the Giants <laughs> you have having a laugh don't do it <laughs> no I, I think I, I I agree with both of you I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than what Matt said um, I think we break 30 this for the first time this year this weekend uh, and we come away with 36 to 32 win like it why not why not eh? 30, 36 32 what's what i meant 36 33 it's a field goal game kenny golliday revenge game <laughs> uh four targets for kenny golliday zero catches three drops <laughs> no, imagine imagine um <laughs> god that'd be awful um now mailbag time um uh, we've had one question in this weekend this weekend, this week, from uh, Mr. Regular Ashley Platt, Evening Ash. Um, Ashley's gone with uh, looking at the NFC wildcard spaces taken up by the Giants, who are 7-2, and two, the Cowgirls 6-3, and three, and the 49ers 5-4 and four, as they stand after Week 10. In the next spot, 
is the Commanders at 5-5. Five and five. So could all of the NFC East teams make the playoffs? Which, considering 2020, we were commonly known as the NFC Least, could all four NFC East teams make the playoffs this year? Kev? Um, I mean, they could. But I just think um, we'll cannibalise each other. I just think we'll take wins off each other that you know we won't build to, to get. I'm hoping us as Giants fans, we take the wins. You know, we get beat up on the Commanders and the Eagles and Dallas to, to actually knock them down the pecking order a wee bit. So, so although they could, I just think um, interdivisionally you'll, we'll just take take wins off each other, and um, so we won't build to do it. Yeah, I think it's probably more likely that three teams go. I think there's probably a very good chance that three teams go. Um, but we will, you know, we will chip away each other. Um, and, you know, don't forget that the 49ers have added a key piece in McCaffrey, who seems to have got them going. Um, the Cardinals aren't out of it at all. Um, obviously, the Falcons and the Bucks are playing on on the lower end, but they're still not out of it either. So, I think it's unlikely, um, especially seeing as we have five games in the next, five, you know, five divisional the, games before the end of the season that we're all into division. There's, there's something's got to give there. So I think it's a very, very unlikely that all four go in there. Yeah, I, I, I can't see that happening. Um, three, I could see um, up with us, Philly, and Dallas. Um, but I, I, I just can't see Washington with whether it's Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke. I can't, I can't see them making the postseason. And there's so many other teams in the mix. Like you said, you've got San Fran at five and four. You've got Green Bay still at four and six, who aren't <laughs> unbelievably are still in the mix. Um, Atlanta at four and six. Arizona at four and six. Even you know going down sort of the further on the list, Detroit at three and six. They're on that sort of sort of mini sort of. Um, come back almost then looking further down the list the rams they're awful um so yeah there's there's still plenty of teams in the mix um i think probably out of any all of those teams niners are probably the the team to watch um for that the, the niners the cowboys and the giants are probably the the three leading teams and they are probably the three favorite teams along with the four that are currently sitting in divisional leads but that nfc south can change very very quickly um, you know, with Tampa Bay at five and five, and then with Atlanta one game back at four and six, even with Carolina at three and seven, and New Orleans as well at three and seven, that division is far from over. There's two games in it, two games between first and fourth, so anything can happen. And Carolina have got a three and one record in that division this year so far as well. So, you know, it's it's looking tight, but no, three three out of four from the NFC East make the postseason for me. Max, it'd be nice to see Dallas be knocked out, <laughs> but there we go. I'd love it to be only us, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd I'd love it to only be us, yeah. But, but I, I I still think Philadelphia have got more than enough, and they're more than capable of of, of making the postseason. I think who they who they play this week. Um, they're on the road at Indy this week. Although saying that, Indy with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> I mean, they won this weekend. Nobody predicted them winning the weekend just gone. So, who knows? Could they be on a little slide? I mean, put it this way. If they lose this weekend and we go and win, tied for divisional lead. 
get in. Um, Ash, hope this answers your question, mate. Uh, thanks for sending it in. As usual, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do via all the usual, uh, all the normal ways: Twitter, Instagram, email. Follow us, like us, subscribe to us, email us, get in touch, send your questions in, give us reviews on your podcast platform of choice because we love all the interaction with you guys because that's the reason we do this and also because we love talking Giants football. Um, anything to add before we go, guys? Just that, um, you know, we're 7 2 at the moment. We've got a very, very winnable game at home um, this weekend. Just again, I know I keep saying it, mistake free football. Let's go. I- it's um, play good, play hard, um, and um, we should be able to come away with the win. Yeah, I think this is the last of the kind of trap games, as you could call it. I think here on after, it's going to be a, a lot tougher for the rest of the season. So I think we need to take full advantage of, of what's in front of us, um, take advantage of the fact that you know we have the momentum behind us and we have the, the coaching expertise and... Uh, then go on to Thanksgiving, hopefully. Yeah, if we if we if we can get the win this weekend, it obviously sets us up for the the run in. We've got seven tough games ahead of us. None of them are looking like a. Well, I say none of them. There are games we should win, but they're against teams that are improving. So I don't think any games are given from from now on in. Um, but yeah, that's all. The, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm looking forward to Sunday as usual because. The Giants are back on our screens. Uh, that's all we've got time for, but never fear. We'll be back next time to break down that Lions game where hopefully we get that another notch in the W column. And we'll also look ahead to Thanksgiving weekend as we make the trip to Dallas on Thanksgiving Day itself. Um, like I said, remember to follow us on all our socials, get your mailbag questions in, and leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. My thanks as ever go to Craig and to Kev for joining me and to Matt for joining us as well this week. Thanks for coming on, buddy. And to you, the listeners, for tuning in. 8-2 for the boys in blue. We'll see. Sign off till next time.